music, news, entertainment. It's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi, it's Kelly, and this week on the show, we kick things off with our music editor, Sharon Hyland, talking about Lisa Marie Presley's upcoming memoir that has had to be finished by her daughter, Riley, after Lisa Marie passed away unexpectedly last year. We then dip into our vintage vault for a conversation with Canadian R&B superstars, Majid Jordan, talking about their album, Wildest Dreams. Like us on Facebook, Kelly Alexander Show. I always look forward to this portion of the show when we get to speak to our music editor, Sharon Highland. Hello, Sharon. Oh, hi, Cal. How are you? I am fantastic. We had such a great discussion last show about our uh, uh, joined Madonna experience, even though we went different nights and had different seats. But yeah. <laughs> still joined. Still joined, yeah. Still, And I'm still buzzing. I was actually able to find on YouTube a version of... Uh, Vogue, like the Vogue that they used in the concert. Oh, wow. Because, you know, everything's always different when they do it live, right? They have like little transitions that are different from the original song. So I found that in a couple of other songs uh, that are like live off the floor or whatever. And it was very cool to hear those again. Yeah, I got to talk to a, a few different people um, just about the the deepening respect I have for Madonna. And uh yeah, it was great. It was like an extension of our conversation. So I don't want to repeat myself because I don't remember what we said exactly. And I'm not even sure if I talked to you about uh, concert etiquette. Did we cover that? We covered that in our 90s show. But is this the one where you had jazz hand lady? Uh, more than jazz hands. She was <laughs> jazz about town. She thought she was, She thought. I'm pretty sure she thought she was in the, you know, part of the dance troupe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so she was very physical, very, yeah. she was very like, you know, when you go to the store opening for something and they have one of those like inflatable people, you know, yeah. like they, and it's supposed to draw attention, come and see our event. And the, yeah. that's what she was. <laughs> so my whole effort was, and I, I tried not to, I think I said this on our nineties now podcast that, um, I tried not to give her attention because I didn't want, even in the moment, even in being at the show, I didn't want to give her attention. But even the day after, I didn't talk about it. Yeah. Because I didn't want my memory of the show to be her. Right. Yeah. So I really focused on locking in the experience of, you know, of Madonna and being there and how fortunate that was. But, uh, you know, flailing body lady was is a whole other conversation about yes we all pay the same amount for our ticket but doesn't mean that you get to dance like a, a jacknut well when you were doing the reenact the reenactment for our 90s podcast oh. i thought you were in a jazzercise class so oh, and honestly it's hard <laughs> to really gauge um meaning what i'm about to say is basically it's uh, more effective in person right because when you almost get whacked in the head by someone's forearm, and the only reason why I didn't was because I had an instinct and I put my arm up in this, you know, right angled position and it blocked her from clocking me. So, And you mentioned, because I don't think I, I did not say this to you uh, during our uh, 90s podcast, but um, when you were talking about Jazzercise Lady, you said that she was most likely uh high drugs yeah yeah and so i forgot to tell you but you may have known this because i may, may have told you this years ago but when pet shop boys were in town years and years ago and i think you were also at that show but again we weren't in the same because i think you were at that show i feel like you were mm -hmm. i think so so where i was i was up in the balcony and 
next to me was a person who to me was either high and or drunk beyond yeah so you know i was very focused because i'd never been to a pet shop boys concert before and so i was you know i really wanted to experience and remember how they had the lasers like they had a lot going on you know yeah i was like super as you said trying to lock in and then this person kept squealing and and squealing and going like like i i I won't even do (laughs) real because i'll i'll peek our audio microphone so i'm not going to do that it was like and then they would drop to the floor like on oh, their knees and then brother. stand up and like almost like you're doing the wave in a you know like in a con- yeah I'm like don't and kept and like and kept losing their marbles and so you could not look because yeah it was so much that you're and then I kept trying to focus I'm like please go somewhere else and like this must have gone on for the entire show well the whole concert etiquette concept is is that great have the fun but that kind of fun where you're throwing yourself on the ground or your arms are all over the place and in everybody else's place. Yeah. You can't do that. That say that for home. I'm not saying don't have fun at the show or don't dance on the spot or whatever. Yeah. But be mindful that there's other people around you that really don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't pay for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so Anywho. <laughs> So today's topic is actually about uh, the Lisa Marie biography that is going to be coming out in the fall. We got word uh, recently that uh, a statement put out by by Random House, the publisher, that uh, her daughter Riley is going to be able to finish or has already finished the book and was able to do so because uh, Riley was able to listen to several tapes that, you know, uh, Lisa Marie had been, I guess, doing to, you know, prepare herself and and all that for when she was working on the book. And I think she did probably get through a fair chunk of it before she passed away. Yeah. I'll start by saying, first of all, it's been over a year since Lisa Marie Presley passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts? Like, cause in a way, sometimes I forget she's gone. I'm like, I still can't believe it. Yeah. It's wild that a whole year has gone by, mm-hmm. but what a fortunate position uh, to be able to, to hear your mother in that way. And, and she herself, Riley herself said, you know, obviously I knew her differently than the world's perception of Elvis's daughter. Uh, so she, she's, I think she's exactly the right person to take on the task of, of doing what she's done. And it's so fortunate for her to be able to do it. She gets to spend that time with her mom mm-hmm. in that way. Do you think it would have been uh ridiculously painful at the onset of this to sit there listening to her mother's voice because again like it's just been a year and like i'm assuming she probably had to jump into this you know fairly soon in order to get the book done so i don't know like it would i guess like to me it would have been really hard to to do that right away without letting some time pass but i don't know what are your thoughts well i think that it's it's a subjective experience certainly like um but I ultimately, I really do think it's a fortunate one because some people don't have audio of their loved one left over, you know? So I'm sure she, I'm sure she viewed it as like, this is a gift. Right. And she would have been perhaps present for some of that process along the way. So um, maybe she had access, maybe, you know what I mean? Like for for Lisa Marie to have written some stuff or to had started that journey. Mm. Maybe her daughter was there for it. Maybe she, you know, they talked about it. She knew the direction certainly. So maybe it wasn't uh, 
that's shocking. Let's not shocking, but like, woo, like that's weird to hear my mother's voice. My mother's been gone for 27 years this year to be 27. Um, and I would like, I've found audio, I've seen video over the years, like, oh, cool. And you just, you just listen to it and you love it. So I think I can't imagine, obviously she took it on. So I don't know that she would have been adverse to, you know, having to spend the time. I think people are able to find that the positive in that experience. Mm -hmm. So Riley is evidently 34 years old, according to my notes. And so she would have been fairly young when Lisa Marie would have been with like Michael Jackson, for example, in that marriage. Now, I think I the sense that I get is that Lisa Marie probably already wrote about that part before she has to take over. But yeah, like, what are your thoughts on the fact that like, she has to finish this or she's now finished it from what we understand. But um, I'm assuming they'll be that'll be clear in the book that she's taken over. I'm not sure how they're going to work that like when Lisa Marie stopped and when she takes over. Right. I wonder if she'll address that too, maybe in the book. That's what I'm wondering. Like my mother wrote up until this point, like maybe that's included in the book, you know, like here's where I'm taking over what my mother wrote, but maybe not. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that. Yeah. Be weird. I think for her also to have to, I, maybe it wasn't weird. I just view that marriage as weird. Yeah, right. Okay. Like, it's it's odd to me that uh, Michael Jackson was married to Lisa Marie. Mm. It's crazy to think, like, yeah, that, like, You Are Not Alone was 1995. Mm-hmm. And so, next year will be 30 years. Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think, ultimately, to have uh, someone close to Lisa Marie like her daughter she's so she'd technically be the closest yeah. uh to to have her in a position to secure the telling of the story as a proper uh honest um and true to what her mother wanted i think is is also a gift what's interesting also is it wasn't mentioned in this story that we read and or the release part that we read of from random house um about her two youngest daughters the twins yeah and so I wonder if they'll be included somehow in this or if they'll put a like a mention at the back. Like, I don't know. They're very young. Like, they're. I don't know if they might be 16 at this point, but um, I'm wondering if there's any element that they'll be included in it. Meaning the process of finishing writing it? Yeah, I don't think maybe writing it, but maybe like I wonder if, if Riley would have given them like a place to write a paragraph you know at the end or oh, I don't know, maybe it's yeah. too young for them but I, I i just it was a thought that came to me i'm like i appreciate that riley would be the best person especially because her brother is no longer with us either right so so it's her and the two girls which again like they're they're in their you know me- middle teenagehood at this point mm-hmm. so um i'm just wondering if they'll include her at some point and also it'll be interesting too because we read um that they'll talk about the complicated relationship and i think that was the words they used with about her mother priscilla right I would have, you know what, if I'm, if I were uh, to guess, I would guess that Riley took on the task of finishing the book that her mother wanted to write. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think to put the the younger girls in a position, okay, well, listen to these tapes, because it's so, like, it's not like she has to get creative about writing the story. She's finishing the story that, that yeah. is to be told. Yeah. So I don't think that other ghostwriters or whatever you're going to, you know, uh, contributors would be needed but time will tell kelly yeah it'll be interesting like i just wonder if if she would have let them a space at the end like n- not to have been telling them her mom's their mom's story but just to say like 
like again, maybe a page or two about their recollections of their own mother. And of course, maybe they she wouldn't want to do that because they're so young to put them through that at this point. But I just also wonder- like it's sort of you know. I don't mean this to sound as cold as it sounds in my head, but write your own book. Right. Like maybe Riley's going to write her book. It's not going to be the same one that she's finishing for her mother. This is her mother's story, right? Yeah. Is this a book you will read, Sharon Highland? Probably not. Really, eh? Yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe (laughs) I'll change my mind, Kelly. Okay. I think I will. (laughs) I think I will read it because I know when I watched some of the footage from the funeral when it was happening last year, that like, I didn't know that she was good friends with Sarah Ferguson, you know, right? all that. So it'll, I, I think it'll kind of be interesting for me to see maybe relationships that they'll mention in the book, like just friend relationships that I didn't know. Because I knew, like, as you and I both know, and as is very clear to my audience here on this show, I'm a huge Janet Jackson fan. And and so there was a time when Janet and Lisa Marie were pretty tight also um, back cool. in the 90s. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to just see, like, how much gets mentioned of her. I think she very much kept her life away from Hollywood. But I think that there's obviously an element because she's a, you know, she's a Presley. So I think it's uh, it's interesting to be able to put a human lens on a life that we've all just sort of had access to on a visual peering into level. So I'm not saying like if I read the book or not, it's not a reflection of the book. It's a reflection of a backlog of books that I still have to get to and can never seem to find the time. But I appreciate the story of the the insight that comes out of a situation like like a life that was Lisa Marie Presley's. Right. Mm-hmm. And is there like because Riley will also be doing the audio book for it, which I think was oh, a, cool. a very good choice to decide to have her do it also. Yeah. Would you That's listen neat. to the audio books? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Can she come to my house and just tell me the story? Yes. Imagine that. <laughs> That's a a cool, yeah, that's cool to do that too. Because again, for her, I I can't imagine it being anything but cathartic, Mm -hmm. helpful to her healing and her grieving and, you know, strengthening a connection uh, with her mother, who obviously she knew for a long time, but the adult that she was before, even, or the kid that she was long before she became a mother, that kind of stuff. I think it's neat to have access to that information. So good for her for uh, getting to be the the conduit. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So we look forward to it. It's coming out on the 15th of October and they have not released a date yet when the audio version will be available, but I'm assuming around that time as well. And so Mm -hmm. um, because Sharon won't read the book, I'll let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Can you read it to me, Kelly? (laughs) Maybe I can come over and read you that book at night, Sharon Highland. That'll be a separate podcast entirely. (laughs) Kelly reads to us, it's called. It's great. (laughs) That's a tough assignment. Then what, Kelly? Then what? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, I know, it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough job for sure. But I look forward to it, and we'll see. Uh, well, and also, I should mention also at the moment, uh, the book is untitled. They haven't figured out what they're going to call it yet. And you know what's funny is I always, um, I always look forward to like these types of books when they name them because there's always some sense of like you know they pull it back to either a song title that the artist had and they've they change it a bit or you know what i mean like it's something yeah. that, that artist would have been known for and then they tweak it and then it inevitably comes off looking some level of cheese oh yeah <laughs> like it escapes me now but there's a few autobiographies i've read and i'm like mm, why do we go with that title <laughs> so imagine then that could be a whole other conversation you know name that book daughter of the king yeah exactly. the king's daughter 
It'll probably be, you know, you should, you should submit that. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. That's amazing. Sharon Highland, thank you very much for your time as per usual. Kel, thanks for having me. That is our music editor, Sharon Highland. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram at the Sharon Highland. And of course, check out the podcast that we co-host together with our awesome other little co-host who we love to call little Adam. <laughs> He's <laughs> petite. Oh. He's petite. <laughs> and uh, you can find us uh, on all the major podcast platforms at 90s Now FM. Listen anytime, anyplace, just a click away. KellyAlexanderShow.com Super excited to welcome Canadian R&B duo Majid Jordan, who are riding the uh, waves of success of their song, Waves of Blue. And they've got a new album on the way as well. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Majid here, Jordan there. Yeah. We're so happy to have you. Uh, So many questions to get to. First of all, I have to start with this because I've never interviewed you before, so I'm excited. And I wanted to ask you, when you first started working together, did you know you had something special like pretty quickly? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We just looked at each other and we said, shall we do this? And he said, yeah. Um, And then next thing you know, we made three albums. And now we're here on the Kelly Alexander show. We all predicted everything, every move. Hmm. That's amazing. To the day. To the day. day. To the very day, yeah. We said 3 or 4 p.m. Eastern time. We knew. That's awesome. And so how did you guys catch the attention, though, of Noah from OVO? OVO. OVO, sorry. Um, So we we first, we linked with 40, you know, and 40 was, was basically in Toronto. He's always been based in Toronto, and he he's been like, uh, like a backbone of Toronto production. So we, Maj and I put together an eight track mixtape. We put it on SoundCloud. Maj went back to Bahrain. I stayed in Toronto. Uh, we, we put it out just to share with our friends. We're like giving people SoundCloud links. We're like, it's being passed around Toronto. Uh, very shortly after Maj calls me from Bahrain on a Skype, uh, telling me or that yeah on yeah it was presume yeah um that he he's been speaking to a guy named noah shabib and that i should go meet him and i was like 100 percent. so I, I get 40s contact in my bbm i go over to the studio it's like one of the first times i'm in like an actual studio I'm like damn this guy really does this I'm just like a kid who has like two rocket speakers and like is making it work with his friend and, and just putting music together. But it, it really it happened very quickly. Maj came back from Bahrain to Toronto. We all got together. Um, there was a lot in common and, and, and we went from there. Yeah. Now I've been living away from home for like more than half my life, you know, chasing this wild dream, which is now on the cusp of being realized. How do you like Toronto? And do you feel like, cause I, I went to school there. I'm from Montreal, but I went to, to Ryerson university there. Oh, so I know, I know how like awesome the city is. Um, yeah. Like, do you find it plays a part in who you guys are as artists and uh, does it influence yeah. the sound you make? Definitely. Yeah. There's a work ethic in Toronto that I think is very admirable and very important yeah. to highlight. And there's also a sense of community here because people come from all over the country all over the world as well. And they kind of find themselves, you know, from ground zero, trying to create something for themselves and uh, for other people uh, around them. And so you get these like cool artist collectives and, you know, independently owned stores and restaurants and bars and like these whole, you know, kind of communities. And I think that's something that where I felt really seen 
for one of the first times, really embraced, accepted. And it's, it's what brought Jordan and I together because we didn't meet, you know, face to face the first time. It was like we both had people that we knew in common that were just trying to bring more and more like minded people, you know, into each other's yeah. lives. And I think that's what we continue, want to continue doing, you know, going across the world and having these experiences that we're privileged to have that wouldn't happen any other way without the music that we've made, you know, like making a song with somebody across the world and then going out there shooting the video. And then next thing you know, it's everywhere. Like it's, it's amazing. What artists did you guys listen to listen to? And I know this is going to be a separate answer, but uh, growing up um, and do those artists influence your sound today? Definitely. It's like echoes of everyone. Echoes of everybody's music is really why we're here. Mm -hmm. I'm uh yeah. Like I, I really listen to, so much different types of music and you know as a kid i was listening to like a lot of Jimi hendrix i remember the beatles uh prince michael jackson sos band uh mm -hmm. so my mom had like the r&b and my dad had like the the classic rock psychedelic rock mm -hmm. and i think that really influenced me to i i i could i could now like almost explain it but i don't know there, there's so many different types of music that i'm like missing in that in that explanation. I think we're just always open to music. When I met Maj, he was sharing a lot of house music with me at, the, at that time. And I was getting into DJing and production and, and all these things. And we had like a Safari open on my computer and we had different tabs on YouTube that we were playing music. And, um, you know, one of those songs was, was a song by Change. It was like a, an eighties funk band with, with Luther Vandross. So we, we, we were seeing, we were seeing reflections in, in that music of ourselves and we're like, Oh my God, this is just, there's so much incredible music out there. How can we really contribute to this? Yeah. You know? And the way that, the way that everyone's musical journeys, they intersected at certain points, like, you know, listening, like say, for example, like that, the rock side of David Bowie realizing, you know, Luther Vandross was a backup singer at one point for the group. Then, ended up having a solo career, ended up making a song, being a part of change, which was a group, you know, and just, just mm. how vocalists could move between different personas and different identities, different groups. That was something that was always inspiring to us. It's why we made After Hours and now we're doing Maja Jordan. And on this project, we're working with other people because who knows where, as life goes on, where everyone moves and, and moves into. So yeah. It's like this could be something that we a song that we made today, but next thing we could be part of another song with the same group of people, but it's like a different, different sonic world, a different uh, era. You know, it's it's exciting. Yeah. Waves of Blue has been on constant rotation on our station now for like months. And so I wanted to know when you guys were creating the song, did you know you had something special? I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. We th thank you for making it special. You know, it, it yeah. really. It, the more people that are listening to this, I think really adds to that uh, specialness of the record. But yeah, for sure. When, when we made it, it, it sounded like us. We were, we, it represented us. We wanted, we want people to feel good, you know, and, and a lot of our music focuses on that feeling, which, you know, I think is, is something to, you know, to look into and, and, and elaborate on, but also it's just like, it's, it's great. People, people just went through a crazy time in the world where they just want to like be with each other and be happy. It's not really that, you know, complex. It's just a good feeling to, to give to the world. So we wanted to come back to music with this album and with all the releases with, with that energy. Um, 
And there's a lot more on the album that I feel like, you know, makes people feel like that and, and even more. So, yeah, it's uh, like if, if you can yeah. enhance people's emotions with music, like we were just with Waves of Blue, we were intentionally looking to enhance that just feeling of optimism and uplifting yeah. others, you know, uh, just especially the given the time it came out and after everything we had been through personally, you know, in terms of like, being uncertain if we were ever going to go on tour again or if we were ever going to be able to put out this album or, you know, if I was ever going to be able to go home because, you know, borders and vaccine passports and are they going to be able to get the vaccine in Bahrain where my family are by the time they get it in Canada? Like so many things were happening. So Waves of Blue was just going back to that kind of peaceful uh, self-meditative moment where you're standing at the edge of the water and you're imagining what love feels like and, how that can take you away, you know? So third album, uh, Wildest Dreams is on the way and can't believe you guys are already on album three. What does that feel like? Are you nervous about dropping it? Pumped, tell me how you're feeling. No, definitely. Like when you put out two albums, like by the time you get to the third, it's like everything that's, that could be said has already been said. <laughs> it's like yeah. we, we're used to the scrutiny even before, you know, before music. We, when you grow up in like, where I'm from, it's a small place, you know, and if you don't perform a certain role or you're a little bit different, you can get kind of judged in a way, you know? So this music for us, it's, it's the opposite. We're excited to share it with the world. We're very happy, very proud that we made it very proud of our relationship, the chemistry that we have, that it takes to make three projects and, and continue on from that. So, yeah, I think it's a stepping stone. It's like rebuild yeah. momentum after, you know, a few uh, difficult years for a lot of people. Jordan, when it comes to the album itself, is it like a collection of songs? Is it thematic? Like, how do you want your fans to interpret it? Mm, I want I want people to choose their favorite song and then choose another one and then choose another one. I think like <laughs> all like standalone songs that we put together and 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 a lot of my production kind of flows in and out um, in in albums. Like it becomes cohesive. But that's for the show. So you, you're going to have to wait for the show. These are kind of standalone records that we sequence together in a way that I think really tells a story. You know, there, there's I'm, I've never been this excited to, to put out an album and, you know, to put out an album with my friend once again is 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 something really magical. And and, um, you know, it, it's a dream come true. Here's a radio question for the two of you, seeing as how I'm a radio announcer. Where were you and how did you feel the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Oh, man, I remember it was I, remember. I was in a cab and I was with one of my best friends in the world. His name is Q. And uh, he's been with us, Jordan and I. He's seen everything yeah. basically since the, the beginning days. Um, and I remember being in the car with him and he was like, I've already heard it so many times. I was like, man, I haven't heard it yet. It's not on the radio. It's not on the radio. Next thing the driver turns the radio on and it was playing. And I just remember looking at him like, what's going on? And he's like holding my head and it's like, ah. The <laughs> <laughs> driver's like swerving faster. I, he didn't believe it was me. I was like, I swear it's me. He's like, no, 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 no. Get out, get out, get out. <laughs> so yeah, no tip. Jordan, where were you? No tip for him. <laughs> no tip for him. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, the, the, the first, the honest, honestly, the first time I heard um, anything that we were ever like a part of on the radio was like the day after Hold On, We're Going Home came out. And all it was like we, we, we went out the night before in Toronto and I was like 18 at the time. And I was in like a hotel room downtown 
I think it was like the Delta Toronto or something. I was like, we got one room with like two twin beds and there was like eight guys like just <laughs> sleeping on the floor and everything. You know, the, 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 yeah, the, this is it. Like t- today is the day. And then we put on the alarm clock. Like we turned on the FM radio in the room and it was, it was playing. So that was just like. And people have been saying, yeah, they've been saying they're hearing like waves of blue, you know, like they're driving around or, I have a group of guys that we play uh, football, soccer with, and they hear it like twice an hour because that's like the, the radio station is just like playing. Yeah. So, thank you for sharing it, for, yeah. for supporting it. We're, we're just very, very happy to share this whole project with you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as a Montrealer, you have many Montreal fans here. Obviously, if we continue to spin the song as much as we do, uh, what message do you have for your Montreal fans? Oh, what message do I have for my Montreal fans? Je vous aime. Uh, and I hope to see you all at the show soon. Every time we go to Montreal, you, you sing so loudly. It's really up there in terms of like the best crowds in the world. You know, Montreal fans are uh, every time I go to this city, like your city is there's a special place in it for my heart because I know how many artists live there and are really like developing their careers at this moment. You know, we have great friends there in fashion and music, film, um, design. Just thank you for existing and thank you yeah. for supporting the arts. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be there very soon. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah, I saw you guys, the, the notification that you're heading out on tour. So we're waiting for our Montreal date for you to come back again. And yeah. uh, I know you, you're already working, obviously, with amazing, talented people, Drake included. Um, is there someone else though, on the planet that you guys have on a bucket list that you would like to still work with, whether it's to write and produce for them or collaborate on a new song? Oh, there's so many. There's so yeah. many. There's, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Is anyone, Jordan, who are you saying when uh, you were saying the SOS? Oh, man. I mean, that is like a, that would be a dream come true. That's yeah. like one of them, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. I think those two producers are like, like, yeah. go, go see what they've done. And, yeah. and also, also for Montreal, we, we really want to do something with Katrin. Yeah. We've come across, we've met many times, like he's an amazing yeah. human and, yeah, that's definitely a bucket list thing. As soon as we get the chance to do that, we definitely want to yeah. do that. That's amazing. Jordan, I think you and I are twins because I'm a huge Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis fan. And I've actually had J- Jimmy on my show a bunch of times. He's- wow. Yeah, oh, so man. if you have a chance to check out Hell, my... If you uh, can make it happen... Oh, I'm putting this in the... I'm putting this if in you, the- uh, if, you, if we can message after and I get your contact, I will, I will pass along. Oh, man, that would be incredible. I would love that. He's a, he's a lovely human being. He's a lovely human being. So wow. he's cool. awesome. That's special. I have to ask too for your Montreal fans, and I'll start with Majid. Can you uh, describe yourself in three hashtags? Three hashtags? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, okay. Hashtag one. Fun. <laughs> Hashtag two. Cool. Hashtag three. Me. Oh. All right, Jordan. Tell oh, that don't follow. do this to me. Don't do this to me. <laughs> Jordan, come on, boy. <laughs> okay, hashtag one. Fun, cool me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Hashtag one. Uh, happy. Yeah. Hashtag two. Go. Hashtag three, happy. No, double happy. Two double happy. happy. Go happy. 
Happy, That's happy good. Go. <laughs> and uh, last question, for, actually two quick last questions. Uh, finish this sentence, please. The best thing about Montreal is? The people. Majid? Honestly, that, that old Montreal walk, that little circle thing, I go around <laughs> the shop. I love that one. That's okay. Yeah. That's great. And uh, who's the coolest person in your phone, apart from your family and friends that you can like call up or message? Like, what's the deal? When I take a selfie, that's the coolest person I see in my phone. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I am the coolest, coolest person in my coolest phone. Person, coolest person in my phone. I got to say, I do love, I do love calling the 40. Yep. He is, yeah, he's just, you know, whenever anything I need advice or anything, he's always there. So okay. I, I appreciate that. You know, Perfect. Guys, I love you. You have such a great spirit. I hope we get to meet in person one day. Definitely. We got, next time we have a Montreal show, you got to be there. I will definitely be there. That's for sure. I'm going to get your contact. We're, we're going to keep in touch. Perfect. Awesome. So I'll just wrap up the interview. This is Majid Jordan. Make sure to check out their newest album, Wildest Dreams, coming your way on the 22nd of October and follow them on social media at Majid Jordan. The Kelly Alexander Show. There you have it, another episode of The Kelly Alexander Show. And thank you very much for spending time with us on the program this week. As always, a big shout out to our guests, Madja Jordan and our music editor, Sharon Hyland. My thanks, of course, to our super producer, Andrew Sabino, for doing such a wonderful job putting the show together. Don't forget that you can follow us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. And we always appreciate if you could leave us a review. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. You can do that by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I will chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.